Hey guys, Rick here. This is a replay of the Jock Market Power Hour that we did on Wednesday. This got really great reviews when I posted uh, the replay last week as well, so I'm going to continue to do that. If you've never heard of Jock Market, it is stock market DFS. It's kind of building out a really great niche and a really great space in the fantasy world. It's a lot easier to win than some of your more traditional fantasy sites, and you can uh, invest in golfers and other athletes over the course of just one day so it's a lot of fun and uh, I highly encourage you to join us over there Uh, if you have not signed up yet the code that you want to use to get a $20 deposit bonus is power 20 that'll give you a $20 deposit bonus and yeah it's just a lot of fun we talk through strategy for the week and because you can buy and sell during the tournament it is still relevant and we do chat through um, you know, some, some strategy and things like that for not only this week and the, ne- the next couple of days, but also for all week. So uh, I hope you enjoy as much as you did last week and uh, best of luck in the jock market. Welcome. To the Jock Market Power Hour for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, that's Joe Idoni. Joe, happy Wednesday. Yo, what up, buddy? Excited to do this again. Uh, Power Hour IPO close. We got another week, another event. Let's roll. Uh, the chat is open. Here we go, says orangutan trade salesman. Joe, what do you think an orangutan trade? What trade does an <laughs> orangutan have? How does that work know. exactly? You know, this is the right app for a trade salesman, but I don't know what the orangutans are going for per share in the jock market. <laughs> Chad Ecker, welcome. Let's build a portfolio. Up, we're certainly, we're certainly going to be doing that. And Donnie Baseball, happy Pebble Week. Donnie, back at it again. Uh, Joe, before we jump into this week in AT&T Pebble Beach, we've, we've realized, uh, you know, this continues to grow. What we've been doing over the course of the past couple weeks, uh, getting integrated, playing jock market. Uh, we still have a lot of new people and we welcome them. And, and we really want to focus on strategy, how the app works and ways that these people can win some cash. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we were talking about it before we went on here that, it's it's become to many of us who've been doing jock market now for a couple months, it's become just normal and a normal thing that we're into every week. But we don't want to lose sight of those who are joining us for maybe the first time testing out the waters here. And we want to make sure that uh, we provide a little insight on how this thing kind of works. Yeah. So what we're going to do is uh, before we even jump into this week or last week, because there's a lot I want to talk about, Joe. Uh, I'm actually going to have you share your screen and walk us through one of your trades. So this is going to do. Okay. This is going to accomplish a couple of things. We're going to go through an actual buying process or bidding process, I should say, because we are currently in the IPO phase and we are in IPO until about 9 p.m. Eastern time. So this is your opportunity to bid on the golfers that you like for AT&T Pebble Beach at nine o'clock or around nine o'clock. The IPO phase is going to close and any of those winning bids are going to be allocated as shares into your portfolio. And then that's when live trading starts, which we'll talk about at the end. But Joe, you're going to walk us through uh, a buy or two and and describe to Sure. Before before I share your screen, you do this every week where you kind of buy like one share leading into uh, this phase just to kind of bookmark golfers. Is that right? 
Totally. So what I like to do is, you know, you narrow down your your player pool, so to speak, or the guys that you are targeting for the upcoming week. And I like to start, you know, this IPO, like you mentioned, closes at 9 p.m. So this price is going to continue to tick up and up and up until 9 p.m. And then it closes and whoever has the right price at that point is going to be allocated those shares. So what I like to do is kind of build a list of players within the app. So I'll buy one share of some guys that I'm targeting. That way it will show up kind of all in one screen and I will see those. And that way I can increase my offer. I can increase my share amounts as the time goes on without having to scroll importantly through a hundred and I think we got 162 guys in the field this week. So without having to scroll through all those guys, um, because the last five minutes, as you know, and as people who've been doing this know, can get very frantic. Um, so without having to go all that trying to find a guy this way it kind of keeps it all in one spot for you it makes it nice and tidy i absolutely love it and uh i see the comments you know donnie baseball says hey jock should add a bookmark or a favorite feature absolutely agree that is a lot of the feedback that we have sent over and also orangutan trade salesman back at it again says is shorting of players in the cards those are the two biggest feedback items that at least i've given uh the best way to make those things happen continue to play continue to make trades, continue to support it, allows Jock Market to make any updates, to make improvements, to add sports, to add states and countries. And who knows, if you support it, good things happen. Um, Joe, let's kick it over to your phone here. And I want you to kind of describe, so let me make sure I do this right. Boom. All right. This is Joe's screen. That's his iPhone. Isn't it amazing we've, we've been able to do this? So this is the lobby that you have on Jock Market, right? Exactly. So what I'm going to do first, obviously, is click the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am Market up here in the top left. What that's going to do is essentially bring you your list of players and coordinating prices. Um, so you see here at the top right now, you have Patrick Cantlay, who is the already, betting favorite in this $8.51 already. $8.51 already. And we still have roughly 40 minutes to go until IPO close. So I assume that he closes the favorite this week. Um, And you can go down the list and sort of look at guys. What I like to do, and I've mentioned this before, is I create a target price that I'm looking for for every single player in the field. Um, I have that in a spreadsheet and all the data here. If you guys actually want that spreadsheet, hit me in the DMs. I'll email that over to you. Rick has some great tools for research as well. But um, in terms of finding guys that you're targeting, so here's how it looks, basically, Rick, um, if you're new to this and want to know what it looks like to buy a player. So... I like Siwoo Kim this week a little bit. Oh, doggy. Um, Me too. So let's look at Siwoo here. It's right at $4 even, okay? So when I click Siwoo Kim, what this will do will... um, One thing, if you see up there in the top right next to that X, it will give you a suggested price. So that is what Jock Market is suggesting his value should be by the end of IPO close. Which is based um, on which is based on what they call his fair value. So essentially, yes. you take all the odds and you say, okay, he's going to win the golf tournament this percentage of the time. He's going to finish top five this percent. He's going to finish top twenty this percent. You take all that, you throw it into a pot, and what comes out is essentially what his fair value uh, finishing position should be, and then also according to that, what his quote fair value price should be. Right. Exactly. So if I want to buy a share of Siwoo Kim right now, I'm going to go down to this green bar on the bottom and hit buy. I love this. Here's where you put in your price. Um, What you can do is manually type in your amount here. Another thing that I like to do is kind of take this um, circle here and pull it over to the side. I'm trying to see if I'm lagging too far behind here. No, you're good. Um, But it will turn green as soon as you clear that $4 mark right there. 
And then if you notice right under there, it's going to tell you their break even rank. So that is the position that they need to finish in this tournament in terms of the rankings in order to pay off that price that you just paid for them. So right now, let's do $5.60, which makes his break even rank 30th. So what I will do is once you have your pricing, you will click the green bar that says set share count. Boom, you click the amount of shares that you want to buy here. So you see I'm paying $5.66, a really minimal fee that Jock Market takes in terms of some of the other apps out there in Sportsbook <laughs> who will rake you for 10, 14, 15%. Uh, uh, yeah, there are, some DFS, there, are, there are some DFS sites taking about 19% of uh, all the buy-ins that are coming in in these contests. So yes, for sure. <laughs> so once I get my one share, review order, boom, submit order, bang, placed. You've so, got shares of Seabook now. There you go. So 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 what's going to happen now is is Joe has in theory at this moment a share of Siwoo Kim. Now he can be outbid until that 9 p.m. Eastern time close and if he does get outbid at any point he's going to get a notification which is also really the reason that I like this. Make sure your notifications yes. are turned on because uh, y- you got to know when you're getting outbid on someone. So not only uh, is, is, is buying a share one share a good way to get notified i was looking at that i was trying to match my um my little led lights back here with the jock market color i think i missed i think i got a little oh that's not green enough it's got to look be like, at you man I'm there gonna, we go there that's it is it, right? that's that's the jock market green i love it i'll have um, the new studio here in a couple of weeks I'd love to see it. Love to see it. So actually, how about this? We've we've been we've been blessed with a Dave Eisman citing in the chat. Uh, Dave is the co-founder of Jock Market. He says shorting and favoriting are on the way. And if he says it, I believe it, Joe. I believe it. He's come through on everything we've ever asked of him. <laughs> so I don't put it past him. He can do anything. This guy, Dave. I love it. Uh, looking back at last week, uh, you were. A, I think you were a big winner last week, right? Because you had plenty of shares of the one, the only Brooks Kepka, didn't you? You know, Brooks is my boy. So I did. So he was my biggest, um, you know, the, the, what I spent the most money on last week was Brooks Kepka. I had 27 shares. I think I paid around, um, seven dollars ish a share if i remember correctly without pulling that up maybe 730 or something like well, that that's that was his ipo price was 730 and you got him at okay. ipo right got him at ipo 730 had 27 shares um he ended up obviously winning the tournament in spectacular fashion like only brooks kepka can and ended up paying out 25 bucks a share so he more than tripled his value within the short span of four days later um so those 27 shares i mean it was worth like 400 bucks at the end of the day, which was awesome in the positive. Uh, uh, absolutely right. There's a couple of questions about IPO history. Um, well, I have IPO history on, on rickrungood.com. So that's what we're showing right now is you can go through and you can sort through uh, essentially every cash market that's ever existed on jock market. I've free, got right, the data Rick? here. Absolutely free. Yeah, it's under yep. PGA tools. Go to free tools. It's under jock market. Best place to find it. So uh, Joe is absolutely right. Brooks Kepka closed last week at $7.30. He's his Four days later, his share price was 25 bucks a pop, $17.70 worth of profit there. A couple of other big movers, Xander Shoffley was expensive, $10.25 in IPO, but he paid out $20 a share by the time things were all said and done. And then here's the big mover. Here's the one of, I think he was the biggest mover of the week last week. Let me just Had confirm that. Had K. To. 
H Lee, $2.13 in IPO, paid out $18 a share. Joe, that is a smooth 745% ROI. You can't even get that on Dogecoin right now, 740 four days. <laughs> no. This is the best. This is like the most uh, up and this is the most rocket ship market that we have right now. Are the, totally, penny, stocks, the penny stocks on jock market to the moon, baby. Uh, I absolutely love it. You know, it's it's funny because we actually did make history last week. Um, it was John Rom at $12.51 becoming the most expensive IPO golfer in any cash market. And he finished at $9.50. Uh, I believe his actual, what was his actual finishing position in the golf tournament? T14? Something like that? I can look it up. But uh, he lost you about $3 a share. Uh, the other golfers over $10,000 also struggled. It was Xander who moved the needle in the positive direction. Do you think we're going to get anybody this week that rivals John Rahm's IPO price from last week? You know, it will be really interesting to see how it plays out. And the reason being... Um... Not nearly as strong of a field this week. So you have Patrick Cantlay up at the top, who is a heavy favorite. And even though John Rahm is kind of uh, on many, you know, he's kind of on his own level a little bit. He's a very good player. He's better than Patrick Cantlay. But that overall field strength last week and the other guys that were bunched up there at the top in terms of the betting board, there was a lot of names. There was Xander. There was JT. There was Rory. There was Webb. They were all up there. And it seems to be, um, you know, when you look at, other markets out there like DraftKings, like the like the betting odds that Cantlay seems to kind of be in his own little world there as standalone at the top. It is going to be interesting because the fact that we have like kind of one stud here makes yeah. me think that there that we might break twelve fifty one tonight. Um, I don't know. I think Chad makes a really good point in the chat. He says DJ would have beat that. I mean, Dustin Johnson was in this field Monday night. He withdraws. Yeah. He was a historically short favorite. He was four to one. Some places he was three and a half to one to win this golf tournament, which is absolutely bonkers. I'm glad, Joe, that I did not have to make a decision on if I was going to have to bet Dustin Johnson this week or not. Oh, there was no way I was going to bet him. I can't go three or four to one. But the thing about Cantlay that's interesting is – we have a little history of this happening. So if you go back, back a couple of weeks to the Amex tournament, there was a heavy favorite in that field as well who happened to withdraw when John Rahm sort of pulled out midweek. All of a sudden, Patrick Cantlay vaulted up the odds board. I think he closed highest IPO that week at $10 a share. And if you remember right, he made that ridiculous Sunday run of like a 61 or a 62. It was the course record, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It ended up paying out 20 bucks. So even though he was clearing away the favorite that week and was the highest guy in IPO, still doubled his price. Very much similar situation this week with the DJ withdrawal. So uh, I wouldn't be scared to go back to Cantlay as a heavy favorite. All right. Well, I think it's time. We are about uh, 30 minutes or so from this IPO closing. And I want to start looking at the pricing for this week. And I'm going to give you a first glimpse from our tool here, our live data tool into the jock market. And it is indeed Patrick Cantlay, who is the most expensive golfer at this current moment. He is $8.51. If you are new what does that really mean? Well, because of the guaranteed share payouts, which I'm actually going to run across the bottom of the screen right now so that you can see. So the golfer that finishes uh, ranked first on the jock market is going to earn $25 a share. It's going to go down to 20 for second, 18th for third, and you can see them down at the bottom there. Um, 
because of, of an $8.51 IPO price, that essentially means if that was his final price, he would need to finish 15th or better to pay for himself, Joe. Now, of course, I think a lot of people will speculate that he will finish 15th or better, and that is why I certainly do not expect this share price to stop at $8.51. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to, if you're new to this, these last next 25, 30 minutes here are quite electric and you're going to see a ton of changes go down. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is just because you see him at $8.51 doesn't mean you have to bid $8.52. If you really like Patrick Cantlay and you want to place a bid on him, put the amount that you're willing to pay. So you, if you're willing to pay $10.50 for him, you can put in that amount of shares. Should he close lower than that? And this is an important thing to note is you put your fair price down. Should he ended up closing at $10 per share and you bid $10.50, you're only going to pay $10 per share for him. So whatever price he closes at, that's what you pay. Those 50 cents per share will be returned right back into your account to allocate elsewhere. Um, but make sure you don't, you know, if you put down 852 right now, you're going to get outbid. Put down the fair price that you're willing to pay for Cantlay and you're willing to pay for these guys. Uh, and then you're going to just sit and watch and hold on tight the last five minutes. If you are sure that Patrick Cantlay is going to finish inside the top five, you'd be willing to go up to $15 a share. That's the payout for the fifth place position. And he would break all ties uh, of anyone except Paul Casey because Patrick yep. Cantlay is the second uh, projected player. So what happens is if multiple guys tie for a specific position, the nod, the, the, the advantage goes to, or the tiebreaker goes to the guy who was ranked higher before it starts. So Cantlay would only lose a tiebreaker to Paul Casey, which we've seen Joe in the past couple of weeks. That's a valuable thing to know. Absolutely. Yeah. The pre-rank comes in huge. You will see that under each player. Um, basically, you, there's a ton of ties in golf, not in first, but there could be six guys tied for fifth place this week. And your difference is going to be $15 a share all the way down to the guy who finishes technically 11th is going to pay $10.50 per share. So what is the player who's going to be rewarded that $15 a share? It's the guy whose pre-rank coming into the event was highest. In this case, you have Cantlay, you have Paul Casey, you have Daniel Berger. So if they end up tying and finishing position with one of these guys way down the board who has a great week, they're still going to pay out more than them based on that pre-rank. Daniel Berger at this moment is uh, ranked second in IPO. He's $7.50. And then here we get a course horse right out of the gate. Jason Day, I don't know about you, Joe. I've... If you would have asked me on Monday, I would have said, like, I'll, I'll, I'll spend all the money for Jason Day. Uh, and then as the week went on, I've just gotten colder and colder on Jason Day. I look at the weather. It's cold. It's going to be like 55 and windy. There's going to be a little bit of rain. He actually said he likes the amateur portion of this event because it gives, him, it gives him time to read his putts, uh, yeah. check his lie, right? Like really grind over some of these shots. Cause the rounds are six and a half hour long, six and a half hours long. No amateurs. Like, I don't, I don't know what to expect from Jason day. And I need you to either talk some sanity into me or, or tell me what's going on here. So I'm torn. And this is why I bet Jason day, but that was when he was 35 to one. Uh, he's not anywhere near that. Now he's below 20 to one after the DJ withdrawal, all these odds sort of plummet. He became sort of the popular pick of the week. And I'm scared about it now. I don't love I love the number that I got, but he's changed up his entire bag. So he's got a whole new bag full of clubs. I saw a couple of weeks ago he was working through six different manufacturers or something like that. He had no idea 
Who, that what looks are you like my bag, bag, Joe. I have seven different manufacturers <laughs> in the bag. Like That's like me. But you don't have seven different sets of irons you're taking to the range no, with you. I, before you no, I do not. <laughs> yeah. So it's just interesting. I feel like he's tinkering. I feel like he's searching a little bit, trying to rekindle uh, a past flame. But, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago, or even last week, about it. There was, a, you know, we, we talked about Spieth, right? We brought him up on the show. And, and I said to you, is this a buy low spot for Jordan Spieth? Uh, it turned out it was, you know, you're getting Jason Day. This isn't necessarily a buy low spot because he's a popular pick this week. But um, had he been coming in in good form, he could arguably be um, one of the favorites in this field. And I feel like you're getting a little bit of a price break there. I'm not so sure. I'll be interested in monitoring his price over the next 20 minutes or so and see what he comes out at. Uh, but I'm not huge on J-Day this week, to be honest. Okay, we are definitely going to see how that goes. Um, there is a great question here from Bernie, who uh, was also in my live chat earlier. So thank you, Bernie. So he says, when Cantlay says 851 right now, that means that is the lowest bid currently that would qualify for shares. Are there people with higher bids? So no, right? 851, if you go and bid something higher than 851, you'll bump his price up to 852 and then someone could outbid you. But 851 is the current high bid for Patrick Cantlay uh, that would give you, quote, shares for now. I don't know of a better way to describe Shares for now. We'll see if how they actually how they actually come out. And then uh, Ryan wants to know from you, Joe, you've got one pick, one pick only. Who wins this golf tournament? This is tough for me because I've got a lot of guys that I don't feel great about, but I... I've said this a lot. I love this kid, Cameron Davis. I like the way he plays. Yeah, I have rooting interest in him. He was 40 to 1 when I grabbed him. I think he's 30 to 1 now. Is this the best setup for him? Maybe not, depending on the shorter courses, because he hits it a long way. Love how aggressive he plays. And we've seen uh, kind of these Australian players play really well in the California swing as we through these events off the coast of California, you know, you get a little bit of wind, you get some of this cold, wet, damp weather. I like Cameron Davis. That said, I was a lot more confident about my picks last week because this thing kind of feels wide open to me, Rick, this week. Well, I'm so glad you said that. And Austin in the chat feels the exact same way. And I feel the exact same way. He says, it feels like a good tournament to sprinkle down low. Uh, I agree. I I told you, I think before we we went hot, that uh, when, when DJ withdrew on Monday, I immediately bet uh, burger and can't lay because, uh, my book hadn't moved on it yet. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm just going to take this built in value. And then I just went, I just went long shots. I just sprinkle. I just think this thing is completely wide open. So I want to go down to the bottom of the pool here. I, I let's, let's just see start it. on page four. Page four might be pretty ugly. The penny uh, stocks, baby. These are your penny stocks. I, I mean, <laughs> Will McGirt, he's made an appearance on this show before. Pat Perez is a dollar and 60 cents. Michael Kim's made three out of four cuts. He's back, baby. Michael Kim. <laughs> Is a dollar forty-seven. Uh, let's see. We've got Bo Van Pelt. He made a cut last week. John Daly. You know, you know, people are going to bid on John Daly. He's a dollar and sixty-one. A uh, dollar and six cents right now. This is the first time he's ever been in a cash market. I guarantee you, people are bidding on John Daly. So we've talked about this before, and this is kind of the beauty of this app is you can play it so many different ways. So you take what you can play it with these guys that are one, two dollars a share. And if and if one of them comes, happens to come inside the top 20 this week, you're paying off huge. That's where we see the biggest return in ROI. You mentioned it last week with KH Lee was like two bucks yes. a share ends up finishing. These are where these massive jumps are. Now, that said, the safer plays, if you're willing to spend a little more money, are probably the guys at the top because they have 
a, they have a higher floor, right? They're not going to just uh, like I don't see any situation where Patrick Cantlay misses the cut this week or really finishes outside of the top forty. These guys, any of them down here, can totally miss the cut, in which they pay out only a dollar a share. But you ain't losing that much, right? If you're paying only a dollar fifty for them, you're losing fifty cents. Sometimes the the risk there, uh, as we saw with KH Lee, is well worth the reward. Yeah, here's Bo Van. I'm glad you brought this up because Steve Stricker was a big mover last week. He finished fourth in the tournament. He was a dollar and eighty one cents. Andrew Putnam finished T seven, I believe. Yep, T seven. Yep. He was a dollar and eighty six. Bo Van Pelt BVP. Dollar and eight cents. He finished T30. So you're not kidding when you're like, listen, if this guy gets to like T22, you have made like five times your money on these these penny stocks that we've been calling them. And the, the fact of the matter is, is you only have a certain amount in your account, right? You can buy a lot more shares of Bo Van Pelt <laughs> and John Daly and JJ Henry than you can of Patrick, Patrick Cantlay this week. Okay, moving up the the bottom here. So we're still on page three. We're entering the the two dollar mark. Stuart Sink is here. He was a winner uh, this fall at the Safeway Open. He was uh, he, he hasn't played well as well recently. Last time we saw him was Waste Manager. Actually, didn't do too bad. He lost you eight percent ROI. Uh, I'm trying to find some other names here. We have a Jim Furyk sighting. We've got uh, Chris Baker, who I think is going to be popular this week, and then uh, old friend Harry Higgs is back in the field. He's at $2.25 at the moment. Are anybody in this range uh, moving the needle for you? I, I actually like Harry Higgs a lot this week. He played well here last year. I just think his upside is there. And there's another guy there right down under him. We've seen some quality returns on the past couple weeks. Not only that, he's a former champion here, but he slayed the dragon a few years ago. Let's talk about TPJ, man. Oh wow! Okay, hold on. I I just refreshed, so I'm trying uh, to find two dollars and nine cents a share. I think okay. it was two weeks ago where he was the leader, I believe, in ROI for the week. Yeah, here um, he is. He scored a has an affinity for early season California events. Yeah, four hundred percent ROI at the Farmers last week. Made a cut at the Waste Management. Um, I don't know, man. Coming back to a place he loves, right? Yeah, and here are the the four times that he lost you money. Uh, he lost you thirty five cents a share, seventy cents a share, ninety two cents a share, and forty eight. Like it's like he's not breaking the bank when he misses no. the cut. But if he if he goes out and makes a cut, uh, you are obviously making money on TPJ. Wow, interesting. For sure. All right, let's go to the next page here. I got I got a uh, I got out of whack because I sorted wrong. Okay, so here we go. So. I'm going to scroll down here. Uh, so we're entering $2.50. We're entering, oh, Harry has already jumped up a quarter. So he's at $2.75. Here's the guy everybody wants to talk about. Here's the guy. It's Phil Mickelson. I have him currently at $2.99, Joe. Um, yeah. I can simultaneously say if I was ever going to play Phil, it would be right now. I still don't know if I can do it. <laughs> I see Chad's comment there because he he already knows that I, I'm one? big on I'm big on <laughs> Phil this week. Um, look, I I for me this is just one of those spots for him, and I feel like the biggest thing with Phil Mickelson and the reason you can't pay attention to form with him so much is the bottom line when he tees up in most of these events, 
his course management tends to go out the window and he plays reckless. And I feel like in his mind, I've said this before that he thinks he has to, everything has to go right. He has to hit his bombs. They all got to be in the fairway. He's got to get it tight. Um, this is one of those places I feel like is just different for him. And I noticed that when he sort of beat Paul Casey here a couple of years ago, the course history is unworldly. A first two seconds and a third in the last five years, which is unbelievable. Um, he, this is a, some of the smallest greens on tour all year at Pebble Beach. Obviously, Phil's short game hasn't been great lately, but he understands these nuances and where to miss on Pebble, I think, just as good as anybody. Um, and I tr- I just trust him in this situation at this event. He doesn't have to hit driver. He can hit these knockdown shots under the wind. I think that inside of him is this confidence that he doesn't have to be perfect this week like he may other weeks. He can bring his A minus, his B plus game and still compete and still top five. I love Phil this week. I have a 60 to one ticket on him. If he stays anywhere around two to three bucks a share, I will be heavily invested in Phil Mickelson. Now that could all come crashing down. I understand that. <laughs> you are sick. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's told me that. Everyone, I've tested this take out on a couple people and they all told me I'm crazy. Uh, listen, I, I, as I said, if there was ever a time to open my wallet for Phil Mickelson, it would be right here. I'm still going to keep it closed, but I'm excited to see how it pans out for you, Mr. Joe. Um, the one guy down here that, that certainly perks my ears up is Nate Lashley and he's now $3 and 18 cents. He might've just jumped up. I haven't refreshed in a moment, but, um, what I like about him, he was like fifth in strokes gained approach last week at Phoenix. We have seen him not, we've seen him get hot at times and not only, when he went wire to wire at the rocket mortgage a couple years ago, which by the way, when Nick Taylor went wire to wire here last year, that was the last time somebody did it. And then the year before the week, the time before that was Nate Lashley. So these are the last two guys to go wire to wire on the PGA tour, but we've seen him have six, eight, 10 whole stretches where he just gets unconscious. Uh, I wonder if he can keep it going this week in a really, really, let's be real weak field. Uh, It's, it's a tough field. I think it's wide open. He's someone at three dollars and eighteen cents that I would be looking into. Uh, Joe, I want to get your thoughts on on this real quick because this is yeah. um, this is awesome. Here, hold on, I have a chat here. This is this would this would make my heart warm and fuzzy. So it says, I wonder if you can talk jock market into running a contest for season long that works based on FedEx Cup standings. So I, I don't know if it would be FedEx Cup standings or whatever, but the idea. Could you imagine a season long jock market? where you could buy, sell, investing guys over the course of the week. Like, okay, I know Masters is coming up. Let me start getting my like Freddie couple shares or like, I don't know how you would do it, but like, I, and it would, it would actually the logistics are probably impossible, but how fun would that be? It'd be awesome. Dave, are you still here? <laughs> but Dave, are you here? <laughs> yeah, no, that would be very cool. I think the concept of being able to add, it's just like, you know, we all love betting futures, right? And trying to catch the uh, books sleeping on a master's number when we see a guy peaking and maybe starting that run up into a tournament. Uh, it'd be a very cool concept for sure. Um, I love it. I'm sure the logistics are a lot harder than what I think they are. Um, all right. I want to go back to the board here okay. and I want to make sure I have this updated. So I just want to give it a refresh here. Okay. <clears throat> so 
Nate Lashley has already increased in price a little bit. He's $3.60. So as we get into the $4 range, this is where you start to see Matthew Neesmith. He was your 18-hole co-leader last week. James Hahn, if he just wants to play his final eight holes at even par, he gets to win the golf tournament. Doesn't want to do that last week in Phoenix. He's $4.09 as well. Here's a name, Harold Varner III, $4.50. I think as we go along here, HV3 is not going to finish at $4.50. He's a pretty popular golfer. And what did you bid? What did you what did you bid on Siwoo earlier tonight? I bid $5.50, I think it was. Okay. Yeah. So then you yeah. are still currently the high bidder on Siwoo. Still have that chair, yep. Okay, because he's four dollars and fifty-eight cents right now. But of those names or anybody else here, whether it's Sam Burns, Henrik Norlander, Ricky Fowler, are you going to be targeting any of these guys this week? Yeah, well, I think the guy that sticks out the most to me in there is Sam Burns, right? He's just got so much upside and potential. Um, you know, I have written down here 40% ROI the last four. That's a great level of consistently consistency when you kind of average that out. And, yep. and you've been a big proponent of this, of Sam you know, Sam Burns has the ability to go low at any point, and he can almost lap the field in certain rounds of his if he can just string that together one of these weeks he's on the precipice of that pga tour victory that i know he's looking for i don't know if this is the best setup for him but he's playing good golf it's it's sammy ceilings baby he his ceiling is un, unbelievable <laughs> um he is so the stat that i've been parroting all week is this one so he's played 10 rounds in 2021 uh of those 10 rounds four of them he has gained at least three and a half strokes on the field that's insane to put that Incredible. into perspective, the only other guys who have done that are Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, and Siwoo Kim. And Siwoo Kim has won a golf tournament. So that certainly goes a long way. Uh, it's just the floor is really low for him, too. He'll have one bad rounder, nine really bad holes. Um, otherwise, I love Sam Burns. I will tell you this. As much as I'm, uh, I'm a big data guy, I know you are too, Joe. I, I really trust Mark Immelman, who is on site this week, and he sees these guys play week in and week out. And he was telling me yesterday, he's like, I love Sam Burns, but he hits the ball with too much spin for Pebble Beach. He said, he said, the guy hits it so hard, so high. These greens are so small and they pitch front to or back to front. He's going to yep. spin everything off these greens. And Absolutely. I was like, I was like, crap. I was like, I, that's why Mark is smart and like understand, but like, I, yeah. I still, whether it's this week, whether it's next week, whether it's some point, I just love the ceiling on this kid. He's, um, he's unbelievable. I'm super stoked to see how it plays out over the course of the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. And you're right about the greens being so small and all sloping back to front. We saw guys, I can remember back to the U S open where guys were, were ripping it um, mid green and it comes ripping right off the front edge and down a little slope there. One of the reasons like, Going back to why I like Phil this week, because I can remember when he when he played Paul Casey and he was hitting these little knockdown um, six, seven irons, three quarter shots that were staying under the wind because he understands that and he understands that in order to get it to the back pin locations, if they're located on the back of those greens, you've got to sometimes take one, two clubs more knock it down a little bit, three-quarter swing, and take some of that spin off of it or else it's going to come all the way back down to the front of the green. So experience plays a factor here. We see that in the course history number. There's a reason why guys consistently play well at Pebble Beach, um, and I expect this week to really be no different. I know the setup is going to be very tough. I saw some mentions that they're using the U.S. Open tees and Spyglass. They ratcheted up the difficulty as well. Some weather it looks inclement coming through the weekend, and I think Friday maybe, the last I checked. So we could see some tougher scoring this week. I, I fully expect that. 
and I think so too. I didn't see, you know what I wanted to bet? I wanted to bet the um, the winning score prop. I didn't see what it was end, ended up being, hmm. but this has been a very consistent 17 or 19 under par every single year for the last five years. Without amateurs, you can get ratcheted up. You can they they made it like about a hundred yards longer because you don't have the infrastructure that's there. So uh, I agree. I think there is some opportunity for this to play a bit more difficult. We are about ten minutes out from this IPO closing, so uh, I'm going to put this up down here at the bottom so you know IPO is going to end just before nine p.m. eight fifty seven, eight fifty eight, something in that range, um, and. I want to give us an update on the highest priced golfers at the current moment. And of course, Patrick Cantley still atop the mountain here. $8.85. Daniel Berger has broken through $8.40. He's at $8.45. And then Jason Day and Will Zalator is the only two golfers over $7 at the moment. Uh, there's your Cam Davis guy. Uh, Cam Davis, the fifth most expensive golfer at the moment, even higher than Paul Casey. Let's talk Jeez. about Paul Casey. Uh, yeah. Coming back from Saudi Arabia, you know, DJ says, I'll take some r and I'll take some time off. Uh, I'm not going to play this week. No problem for Paul Casey. He is uh, in route and he's playing. Yeah, I think he's in good form. Obviously, you mentioned coming off the win over there in the Middle East, um, coming over here to a place that he seemingly plays every year. I know that um, typically he enjoys the – the. it seems like he's just such a nice guy and enjoys the, the pro-am aspect of this. I know that he's got a partner that he seems to get along with very well and a very joking and seems like, like an awesome guy to play around the golf with if you're an amateur, Paul Casey. Um, but look, I think he's playing awesome this week. I think that he's going a little bit overlooked and I would rate him as probably the second guy in the field. I rank him higher than Berger this week. So I'll be interested to see where he closes. Well, and he is number one in the pre-rank, which is what we talked about is so important. He breaks yeah. all ties. So if he, te- yeah. if he ties for seventh, uh, with five guys, like he's getting the edge on every single one of them. We saw that, I think it was at Farmers a couple of weeks ago. There was like five guys for T2, and it made a huge difference who those pre-ranks were. Now, Joe, before we uh, let you really dive into this, I can I can tell that there's a lot more looking at the phone. There's a lot more checking out <laughs> what's going on. What's going through your brain right now? Do you have targets? Are prices moving? What What are you thinking about? Yeah, so prices are moving. So the guys at the top uh, seem a little expensive to me. I'm going to wait till the very end, but I'm trying to kind of look in that um, $4 range. There's a couple of guys that I'm looking at. Chris Kirk is one of them that just rated out really well the stat model that I did. Um, if you followed me this week, you know I love me some Alex Noren, so I'll be interested to see where he closes at. Rory Sabatini is a guy that really burns me last week, but it was really that first round, right? He played terrible the first day, came out guns a-blazing in that second round, I think went like seven under, missed the cut uh, by one on the number, and had he made that cut last week, I think would be a lot more popular in, in DraftKings and be a lot higher priced, and the odds would be higher because he's coming in in good form. Um, so that uh, try to look to attack that range. But as you know, uh, these last five minutes are hectic and you just kind of see what you can grab at some point. All right. So for the next five minutes, we are basically going to let Joe do his thing. So Joe is going to go crazy, right. I, I hope. Uh, and he's going to bid on whatever he wants. Uh, and then we're going to catch up with Joe and see what kind of shares he got. And we're going to talk strategy about 
how this event is going to play out afterwards because once 9 p.m. hits or once we get through this IPO phase, we're into live trading. And there's two courses this week, and there's certainly strategy involved. And I got to tell you, fellas, 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 Sal knows that we are just five minutes out approximately, I don't know the full time, of this closing bell shutting down the up, IPO phase. Sal in the chat, thanks for showing up, bud. Um, so here we go. To put this into perspective a little bit, and I want to make sure that I get all the latest data here, so I'm going to refresh our tool. And we're going to look at the highest priced golfers. We're going to see if we can break another record this week. Remember, it is John Rahm's record to beat the most expensive golfer that we've ever seen in the IPO phase was just last week. He was $12.51. We now have a two-horse race at the top of this jock market. Both Patrick Cantlay and Daniel Berger are $8.90 a piece. So they certainly have a ways to go to get themselves to that 1251. I don't think they'll get there. Maybe you guys will prove me wrong, but the way that that plays out. So $8.90, what do they have to do to earn you money come Sunday afternoon? Well, $9 would be a finishing position of 14th. So essentially at $8.90, anywhere from 14th or better is going to make you money. Anywhere from 15th to worth, worse, excuse me, is going to lose you money. So those are your targets and you can use those numbers to determine what price you want to bid on these golfers. A little bit further down the list, we've got Paul Casey at $7.50. Will Zalatoris has passed Jason Day by a quarter. Course history buff, Kevin Streelman. He's not going to get a chance to play with uh, Larry Fitzgerald this week, although Larry Fitz was on site. He played in the charity match on Wednesday. Is currently $6.55. Streelman, that is. Not, not Larry Fitz. That would be pretty cool if Larry Fitz was $6.55 in the <laughs> jock market. Not the case. So what are you asking Kevin Streelman to do? You're asking Kevin Streelman to finish 24th or better. That's been a lock for like the last five years. He's, he's like 17th or better every single year for the last four or five years for Kevin Streelman. So looking at it, uh, that seems to be a pretty good value at the moment. I want to refresh this here. As we kind of come down the stretch, I know everyone is heads down. This is when this is when the comment section really uh really quiets down because I know everybody's looking down at their lap. They're trying to figure out what their bids are. Those notifications are going off, and it is Patrick Cantlay that has separated himself from Daniel Berger, ten dollars and fifty four cents. So just like that, a dollar and sixty cents a share. Patrick Cantlay has increased. He is now out ahead of Berger, Paul Casey, Will Zalatoris has cracked through the $8 mark, and there is still a golfer that I see at $6.01 named Jordan Spieth that is just hanging. Ooh. And he, oh, I got Joe's attention. I Ooh. got Joe's attention. Jordan Spieth just hanging here. My argument was if he can carry over the momentum this week um, from last week, I think he can do it. If, if we were going anywhere else, if we were going to Torrey Pines, I'd be really worried. We're going back to Pebble Beach where he has had a ton of phenomenal success. He returned you 341% on your money last week at the Waste Management by, by uh, finishing T4. He closed at $3.40. So see, uh, Jordan Spieth is certainly there. A little bit further. We're seeing some love for Howard Varner the third. He's up to $5.56. We're seeing some love for the crazy psycho Peter Malnati and Chris Kirk, who Joe mentioned earlier, is now over $5. We are 
minutes away, maybe one, maybe two from this IPO closing. Uh, if you have not joined Jock Market, this would be a really good time. If you haven't used the code POWER20 for your $20 deposit bonus, now would be a pretty good time. It'll get you a couple of shares of whatever, whoever the highest priced golfer is. And at this point, it's Patrick Cantlay, who is at $11.05. He's making a run at John Rahm's number from last week. He's trying. He's working hard. He's trying to get up there. So what does Patrick Cantlay have to do at $11.05? Well, he has to finish ninth or better. Ninth or better for Cantlay will make you money. We've got a couple of golfers over $9. Casey, the number one overall pre-ranked golfer, has moved to $9.01. I'm still shocked to see that Cameron Davis is the sixth most expensive golfer. Uh, $7.30 at the moment. Joe loves him. Joe's been talking him up. Maybe that's what's driving the price up as well. Uh, and Francesco Molinari right behind at $7 coming off of back-to-back -to -back top 10 finishes. Come on, baby. Close. I got some we stuff. We are like. potentially seconds away from this closing. Joe is actually begging for it to close right now. Joe is begging for the jock market to close. It is not as of yet. And it is Patrick Cantley who continues to extend $11.75 at the top. I don't think he's going to get to John Rahm's number from last week because this close of IPO is imminent, but he is almost certainly going to be the most expensive golfer on the slate. And he's going to have to finish somewhere in probably the top eight to pay for himself. Jordan Spieth still at $7. Francesco Molinari, seven flat. Kevin Streelman, seven flat. Zalator is catching a bit of steam here at the end. Max home at 650. And we're closed. We still, and we're closed. We are closed. Woo! Wow. Joe, Joe, Joe. Wow. Um, there we go. <laughs> there we go. We're closed. So, <laughs> I what think happened? I got some stuff that I love this week. I'm going to wait until. So right now you're going to, when you see it closed, you're going to see your guys still in that orders tab. Um, give it a couple minutes. Wait till they move, bump over to your holdings, that middle tab on your phone, and you will see um, if you're if you're basically right on the number that it closed at. You may not get all the shares that you asked for because they got to divvy those out accordingly. So you may have thirty shares if you're exactly at that price. Um, you got to kind of wait and see. And here's a little bit of a sweat here for the next probably ninety seconds until they show up. All right. So, Joe, what we're gonna do? Um, do you want to throw your phone back on and we can look at your shares? Sure. Have, sure. have your shares have your shares gone over yet? They have. Okay. All right. So actually, I got to pull it up here. Give me one All second. Right, take your time. Here's what I'll do. Uh, Patrick Cantlay closed at $12 even, which is the most expensive version of Patrick Cantlay we've ever seen by $2. So what that means is if Patrick Cantlay finishes eighth, he breaks even. If he finishes seventh or better, he makes you money. If he finishes ninth or worse, you're going to lose money on that $12 IPO. The second most expensive golfer by a pretty pretty good margin between Cantlay and Berger here, Joe, uh, Daniel Berger, $9.81. I don't know what I expected, but I don't, I don't think it was a $2.20 margin is what I was expecting. Yeah, so I did have for a while there. It was lasting, and I got outbid at the last second. I had an $11.50 bid on Patrick Cantley. I just feel like he's far and away the class of the field this week, and I was pretty confident in him coming inside the top 10, and he has that upside um, to clearly win. Other, They would make him 6-1 to one or whatever he is if they didn't think he could win. Um, but it didn't end up getting him. Um, I went kind of sort of middle of the board, kind of in that second – 
to third tier of guys and loaded up on some shares there. I love it. Okay, so let's talk about what you ended up with here. What okay. did what did you get, Joe? What did you yeah, get? Yeah, you can pull it up if you want. I don't know. Is it? Uh, is share it your here? screen with me. Okay, I got it right now. All right, we're gonna pull up Joe's screen here, and we're gonna share see. screen application. Boom and share. Okay, I got it. Here we go. So I talked him up. Um, I obviously really like Chris Kirk this week. I feel like it's a good setup for him. If you see him, um, plus fifty two dollars there already. So. Jock market, I think, agrees with me a little bit. So what um, that means is Joe paid less than what the jock market fair value was. So right. because Joe paid less, he has quote unquote value built in. That is obviously going to change over sure. the course of the week as these guys start playing, but it is usually a good sign, Joe. Yeah. So you see, I paid five dollars and six cents for him, and right now they have him valued at seven dollars and seventeen cents. So a little bit of a nod there. Mark Hubbard's a guy that I really like. Um, was high on him last week. He, I believe, was first-round leader at the Waste Management. Tends to play these shorter courses really well. Um, I believe he's a San Jose State guy, which is right about an hour up the coast there from Pebble. So some familiarity with this region. Just it kind of fits his wheelhouse and his mold, and I'm not afraid if it gets a little muddy and mucky out there at Pebble that, that he's going to sort of mail it in this week. Sabatini went back to Sabatini. Yes, you did. Uh, okay. I talked about it, got in at $5 a share there. I just feel like he has some pretty good upside for me. And then my, I mean, my favorite pick, like I talked about. Oh my about, God. He scrolled, he scrolled down and, oh, Speed, and Speed and Phil both appeared. Oh my God. Okay. You, no, this is, this is you guys out there. This is your fault. I didn't want to take either one of these guys. <laughs> they were too cheap and I was forced into it. You guys baited me into both of these. Um, <laughs> But Alex Nord, let me talk about Nord. I like Alex Nord. I really like Nord. I like the Euro guys here. He plays great in California. Um, He was at Farmers two weeks ago. So there was a really long course and a really short course, right? There was a North that was really short. The South that was really long. He played that North one and shot a 64 and was first round leader there. Then he got to the big boy course and kind of faded over the week. We're back on a shorter California coastal track. I expect him to play well. Spieth. Rick, I'm blaming you on this one. You talked me into this, Bryce. I didn't quite get the amount of shares that I originally had, so I lost some at the last minute. But Phil, I did. I actually, I got to tell you on Spieth. Um, I so I'm in a lot of one and dones. I actually rolled out Spieth in some one and dones, which is like super scary. But I, I, yeah, I'll tell you what, I I hope you are very right on this come Sunday, and we can talk about this next week. Like, dude, Spieth made you all that money because I will also be in a good position as well. But Phil Mickelson, thirty. Three zero shares of Mr. Phil Mickelson, who I think went for what do you go for five dollars? Is that what I see? Yeah, five bucks a share. I had my target on him that I was willing to pay a five fifty. So he came in under that for me, even though you're seeing some value. Obviously, I'm higher on him than Jock Market was this week coming in. Um, roll the dice on Phil. I'm willing to do it. I'm I'm making my stand here, and I could be made into a fool by everybody this week, but I'm willing to take that stand with my guy. And then one of your guys. I know you yep. You like you some Kramer Hickok. Um, he's do. just seemed, I was kind of scrolling down looking for someone really cheap in that $3 range. I know he's been playing good golf. I know he's hitting a ton of fairways, which is important out here because it's pretty much hit a fairway and get a wedge in your hand. And at $3.10, I feel like he has some upside should he make the cut and hopefully finish inside the top half of those who make the cut 35th or better. And he will pay off some some good dividends there. 
I love it. He's a good driver of the golf ball as well. Okay, so now, I mean, IPO is, is, is over. So now we're in the jog market's not over. This isn't over until Sunday because uh, yeah. you can live trade throughout the course of the week. And I actually think weeks like this, Joe, are so interesting because we've got two courses. And we have two courses yes. that, depending on the type of weather that rolls in, they could play really like Pebbles. Pebble could be the easiest course in the world. Mm -hmm. Not for me, but for the pros. And it can also be incredibly difficult. It's very exposed. If the wind starts to kick up, you're in big trouble. So this is a really good opportunity to know who's playing what course on what day. And I think there's opportunities uh, to, to make money on it in the jock market. Absolutely. Yeah. So pay very close attention to that. If the wind kicks up, you want your guys on spyglass. Um, it just seems to have a little bit more of a barrier from those Pacific Coast unpredictable gusts that come in off Pebble. These guys are all really good, right? They're good in a consistent wind. If it's 15 mile an hour and it's constantly blowing between 15 and 18, they're really good. That ain't going to affect them. When it all of a sudden out of nowhere kicks up to a 26 mile an hour gust, that's what messes with these guys. That can happen at Pebble Beach. That's its prime. Besides having really small greens, that's the primary defense of the golf course in terms of keeping the scoring down. So if you know, like you said, pay attention to your stacks. Your guys are going to play one course on Thursday, one course on Friday. If you see some adjustments and some value, and your guy comes out really hot, but he ends up playing Pebble on Friday, and the winds are ratcheted up, may look be a good spot to sell um, at a higher price if you think that he's going to go down the following day. That's the beauty of this app. When DraftKings, as soon as the first yeah. T is in the ground, you're locked into your lineup. You can't do nothing about it. Your bets are in. Um, there's some live cash out options out there on some apps, but for the most part, you're locked into them. This is fluid. You can continue playing on the jock market until late Sunday afternoon when this thing closes down. Um, and it's it's four days of fun, man. It's awesome. It, so what I really encourage everyone to do is no matter what your golfer shot on Thursday, no matter what they shot on Friday, look at what everyone else did. Literally strokes gained. So if the average score at Pebble on Thursday is 77 because the wind kicks up and everybody gets their butt kicked and your guy shot a 74 and he's probably what two over. That's still amazing. That is still really good <laughs> compared to the rest of the field. So, and it can go the opposite way as well. Your guy could shoot two under, but if the field average is four under, those are some extremes, but uh, keep that in mind. And then, and then after two rounds, let the dust settle, right? So figure out where these guys are at. There's going to be some strokes gain data, at least one round for each one of these uh, golfers. You can be able to figure it out. And Joe, we are getting the 36 hole cut. So then yes. everybody's going to move back to Pebble Beach on Saturday for the final two rounds. And uh, listen, uh, they don't call it moving day on the PGA Tour for nothing. I swear every single Saturday, these guys start freewheeling it. The guys that go out early seem to put up numbers. Those to me have been targets for or buy low opportunities, watch them fly up the leaderboard over the course of the weekend and see what happens. Absolutely. It's golf, right? It's variant as they come. Um, you see in this, like when we watched the Super Bowl last Sunday, once Tampa Bay sort of got that lead, the game was over, right? That game was over in the second quarter, probably. Golf's a different story. Anything can happen. We saw with Brooks last week. I think he was down yeah. six heading into the back nine and ended up winning the tournament. Like there's water out there. There's the, the Pacific. There's not like 
water lakes in play, but you have the right. coast is right there. There's trouble lurking at different spots in Pebble, um, and there's birdie holes. Like you said, there's eagle holes on these par fives that are relatively short. You're going to see people move up and down that leaderboard constantly. So if you have a player that you feel like can get hot and has a 61 like Patrick Cantlay did in them, hold them. Um, and vice versa, if you got a guy up there who isn't the best player, but he's performing really well at the moment, but maybe he's doing it all with putting or he had a chip in or a little bit of magic beans that, that got him the score that he got, um, you can look to sell at a good point when you think that he's going to come back down to earth at some point. That finish last week, my God, it, my it was, Chill, un- man. Oh, I'm, I just, you know, you brought it up again and I was like, yeah, that was really crazy. That was Brooks really, the best, isn't he? He just, you know what? It was, it was so fitting that as everyone else was just melting down, Brooks was looking around and he was like, oh, you, you guys are going to, you guys are going to give me this one. I'm just going to take it. Right. Like just completely cool. Totally. Cause he was, cause he was with, um, he played with James Hahn on Sunday. Yes. And it that could not have been a a more stark contrast when James Hahn saw his name on the leaderboard and his brain exploded and he melted down, or that when Brooks is just watching everybody come back to him, pipe everything down the fairway and steal this golf tournament. It was unbelievable stuff. He's so clutch and smart in the moments that matter the most. It's awesome. Like when he saw Han and he it, like, it was awesome that he was with him because at some point he got to look him in the eyes and say, this is the guy I got to, this is the guy I got to chase down. I think it was 15 where Han overhooked it into the water. And before yep. that ball even cracked the surface of the water, Brooks's three iron was already in the air and <laughs> seeking toward that pin. And he was stomping his way down the fairway with as much swagger as you can imagine. It was blood in the water and it was time to go. Um, and he hits the gas as good as anybody when the pressure's on. That drive down 18 was awesome to see. Um, it was just a lot of fun. And I know it was a community bet and had a lot of people on him. So it was good to see. All right. As we wrap this up last minute or two here, uh, let's get you on the record. I know you mentioned it earlier, but we'll, we'll get you on the record here. There is, uh, we've, we've done a, a week's worth of, of consuming everything. It's now Wednesday night. No more time to tinker. No more time to do anything. Uh, give me one or two names that you think can win this golf tournament. So I like Cam Davis. Um, If I had to pick a guy at the top, it would be Paul Casey. I think he's got the most value right now. I think that he's coming in hot and a little bit underlooked. So I I may even look to Paul Casey if he starts out a little bit slow and I can get that number to juice up a little bit. But I'm going to say Casey and I'm going to go there, man. I'm going to put Phil on my list. I'm just going to drive you crazy tonight, Rick. Um, What about you? I want to hear your picks. Let me hear your guys. So, so. I, who I think I'll, I'll give you who I think is going to win. And then I'll give you like who I want to win. Okay. Um, who I think is going to win. So uh, I guess I'll give you a couple. I, I, I really like burgers number. I, okay. I think that's fair for sure. Yeah. I, and I think that um, there is so much made about his miscut last week. That is just, we we see these guys flip the switch. They miss a cut. He didn't even miss the cut all that poorly uh, last week. Had a little mini meltdown. I, I think this is a really good form. There is something I'm like starting to believe in the Francesco Molinari stuff a lot. Like he looks really good. This is a really good spot for him. He's got a couple of top tens in a row. I think the cold weather is actually better 
Mark Immelman, Mark Immelman has a bug in my ear on this where like his swing is short. It's all out in front of him. There's not a lot of moving parts. Like when it's cold out, like that's perfect for that type of, of thing. Um, who I want, to, who I want to win is Jordan. I want Jordan Spieth to win this thing. My God, could you imagine that's the story of the week? If he wins this golf tournament, golf is at a new level, like already with how deep it is now, just inject Jordan Spieth back into all these top players. And we get to talk about him every single week. It's going to be phenomenal. And you know, he's not going to win it. You know, he's not going to win it fairways and greens. He's going to win it like a madman. He's going to do going to be drama stuff to win it. Yes, exactly. That's, so yeah, that's you're right. It. it would be like peak golf because we had, Obviously, Patrick Reed two weeks ago was just incredible stories, which you can't make stuff like that up. And then him closing the deal last week with Brooks with a furious comeback and sort of a return to the to the throne, as you could say. And then if we can get Jordan, man, it's just so good. Like at this point, everyone's rooting for when he had Saturday, when he had the point sort of going after he sank the putt, it was like. I, you have to smile and you have to feel something at that point for the guy. And you want him to get it back. And Chad sent me a bunch of stuff from his presser today. And he sounds like he's in a great place finally mentally where he was, you know, he was very open about it. And he talked yeah. about, look, I was, I was t- saying before that I was close and I wasn't close. Um, now I really genuinely feel like that. And I'm trying to be more open and honest with myself about where my game's at. And I just want to get back to where it was. And you know, he's working hard and you know, you want to root for him and it'd just be great to see him. It'd be a great story for golf. And, and I hope you're right. Joe, it's been fun as always. always. You know, we, we got a couple of comments tonight about features. Hey, when's it coming to our state? When's it coming to our country? Is shorting going to be available? Is uh, favorites coming? You know the one solution to make all that stuff happen, Joe? Play. What's that? Just play. support. Support the app. Play. Grow the community. Allow the app. I mean, this literally launched in the, in the summer. Like in the middle of a pandemic with no sports, like that's, that's insane to me. So this is so much in its infancy, the way to get improvements, the way to get things that you want is to play and support it. And I don't, I don't think there's anything else we can do, right? Just support it. Absolutely. They're working on more sports. I know MLB is coming. I know NHL is coming, but golf itself just lends itself so perfectly to this type of platform where you've got four days of action there. Um, and you can buy and sell and, and you don't have to be totally hooked throughout the night. You can pop in and pop out. It's just awesome to see what they've done. I'm excited for them. Um, and just stay tuned, man. It's all coming. Get your popcorn ready. That'll do it for this <laughs> jock market power hour for the AT&T Pebble Beach. If you have not downloaded and deposited yet, you're absolutely insane. But use the code power 20. It'll get you a $20 deposit bonus on us. Good luck this week. That right there, that's Joe Idoni. You can follow him on Twitter at Torpix. You can follow me at Rick Run. Good. This has been the Power Hour. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Peace.